It's Sunday, March 19th, 2017. Here are six pieces of spiritual and practical advice for those who wish to get the most out of their Bible reading time. But before we begin, the Word of God is powerful. The writer of Hebrews referred to it as something that is living and active, something that is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Paul referred to it as being breathed out by God. The psalmist wrote that a young man could keep his way pure by living by the Word of God, and Jesus referred to it as that from which we can get true and lasting sustenance. Followers of Christ would agree that the Bible should be held in high esteem, that within its pages is everything pertaining to life and godliness. But I think many Christians, if we are being honest, would say that it is sometimes hard to consistently approach something as prestigious and precious as the words of the living and true God, to know where to even begin. I know that in my own life, for many years, I had no idea how to delve into the scriptures. How does one approach the words of an eternal God? Words that span thousands of years, 66 books, multiple authors, tough theological truths, prophecies, and more prophecies. The Bible is truly unlike any other collection of works to have ever been written. So how does one even start? I want to give some spiritual and practical advice for those who struggle with consistent Bible reading, for those who know that the Word of God can transform lives, yet finds themselves not actively engaging with their Bibles. Practical advice that stems from my own personal experiences with reading my Bible. Strategies that, for me, have radically transformed not only my Bible reading, but my life. Number one, pray. If I'm being honest, prayer and I have not always gone hand in hand. The Holy Spirit has brought me a long way, sanctifying me greatly even in these past few months. But I have a long way to go before I consider myself someone who prays without ceasing. But I'm slowly learning that prayer and reading your Bible go hand in hand. I've seen this manifest itself in two ways in my own life. First, we must pray for God to give us a renewing desire to open up His Word, a desire to seek out and treasure the truths found within its pages. No matter how many Bible reading plans you try, if you lack a desire to read your Bible, then reading plans are of no consequence. I've seen this firsthand. I've failed multiple reading plans in my time. Not because I didn't have time or whatever other excuse I can muster up, but because I lacked a genuine desire to read my Bible, to uncover truth. Only when I began to pray for such a desire did that desire actually come. God actually answers prayer, folks. If you can honestly examine your heart and come to the conclusion that you don't really desire to read His Word, then the answer isn't to try another plan or to try harder this time, but rather to realize that without God, you cannot do anything. Ask God for the desire to uncover His truths. Not a request marked with doubt, but a request marked by faith, so that you may indeed receive it from the Lord. Secondly, pray over the Bible reading that you are about to delve into. Ask God to reveal truth as you read, pray that the Holy Spirit would convict you as you read, and pray that Jesus would reveal himself through the scriptures. Prayer denotes a lack of faith in oneself and a complete faith in God. It puts us in our rightful place under God. When we approach our Bibles without prayer, let alone our lives, 
We should not expect anything from God. I believe that when we attempt anything without prayer, God is more than willing to allow us to try it on our own in order to show us the folly of our ways. Number two, make time. We live busy lives. We as Americans live even busier lives. We live in a culture that almost praises how much one can fit on their own plate. The more busy you are, the more hardworking and devoted you seem to be, and therefore the more you seem to reflect the American dream of making a name for yourself. But newsflash, the American dream and Christianity don't get along. They're not even acquaintances. They're enemies. When we live busy lives, we lose sight of God. I'm not saying that we should all drop our 8-5 to schedules. After all, Paul said that if anyone wasn't willing to work, then they shouldn't eat. But when our schedules place God on the back burner, no wonder we don't feel close to God. I've seen it happen time and time again at student conferences. I see young people who leave, quote-unquote, on fire for God, but then a week later, the fire is gone. Why? Could it maybe be that at the conference, they were actively rooted in the Word, but in the time after, they weren't? Why would any one of us expect a continued renewal of the mind if our Bibles are only open at a conference, or maybe more appropriately, only on Sunday morning? We have to make time to read our Bibles. We have to. We can't afford not to. For me, it means carving out a significant amount of time each day to study His Word, no matter what my schedule looks like, because I need it. I can't live without it. And I see this when there is a day where I don't delve into His Word for some stupid excuse of mine. In not doing so, I have spiritually starved myself, and I feel the effects. Sin creeps in, pride rears its ugly head again. There's a reason that the Word of God is referred to as a sword, because without it, how can one hope to mount a defense against the schemes of the devil and their own flesh? So make time for the reading of God's Word, preferably more than just a five-minute devotion each day, but we all must start somewhere, so perhaps that is where you might begin. As you grow in your desire for the Scriptures, you will find yourself making more and more time for the reading and study of it, and the busyness of our lives will become less and less appealing and binding. Let God define your schedule, not the other way around. Number three, get a good study Bible. We live in a day and age where the accessibility of Christian resources has never been higher. With that has come the easy access of Bible commentaries. What a gift from God it is to be able to assist our own Bible understanding with some of the most learned Christian scholars of the modern era, people who have received years of heavenly wisdom regarding the Bible and are willing to impart it to the masses, wisdom that can now be accessed by the quote-unquote common Christian. And with the rise of Bible commentaries has come the rise of the study Bible, allowing the reader for the first time to have a scholar's notes and meditations right inside their Bible for easy accessibility. I can personally attest to how beneficial having a study Bible has been in my daily Bible readings. As far as translations go, there is a study Bible out there for all the major ones, so you should be able to find one that suits you. I have personally really enjoyed using um, the Reformation Study Bible, and I've heard really good things about the MacArthur Study Bible, which has been around since 1997 and is printed in multiple translations. If you're serious about understanding the scriptures and have a desire to learn, a study Bible is a must-have. Number four, don't ignore those references. Most Bibles nowadays have references, whether it's a study Bible or not. 
I personally had never taken much interest in these tiny little abbreviations and numbers in the middle of my Bible. Maybe you could say the same, but as I grow in my desire for God, these references have been an inexhaustible fountain of knowledge. These references show the connections that are interwoven throughout the scriptures, connections between books, citations from one author to another, bridges between the Old and New Testaments. When you begin to use the reference list, you begin to see for yourself the connective tissues that form our Bibles. Sure, we've all hopefully been taught that the Bible is one story, but you don't realize how cohesive God's Word is until you see all the little intricate connections. I've owned a Bible for the majority of my life, and most of those had references in them, but I largely ignored them because I didn't know what they were, or more likely, just didn't care. But much like the use of a study Bible, if you want to maximize your daily Bible reading, don't ignore those references. You will see that from Genesis to Revelation, written over thousands of years from multiple different authors, that there is one cohesive story, the story of God. Number five, implement a plan. We use plans for almost everything, academic plans, economic plans, life plans, even internet plans. But why is it that when we approach the living word of God, we come at it haphazardly, with no direction or goals? Why do we make plans for something anyway? It's because we deem it too important not to have a plan. How much more important, then, are the reading of the Holy Scriptures? Reading plans not only give you a goal to strive for, but when used in tandem with other members of a small group, can create accountability. It's not hard to find a reading plan. There are countless apps out there. The YouVersion app has a plethora of plans. If you find already made reading plans to be too restrictive, you can always just create your own. I personally find that the best plans have you reading one chapter per day. I've tried other plans in the past that seemed to emphasize quantity over quality, and they just didn't work for me. Personally, I am currently working through Isaiah one chapter at a time. My plan is to alternate between the Old and New Testaments, one book at a time, eventually working through the entire Bible. Implement a plan to read God's Word and hold yourself accountable while doing so. Without a plan, how can we hope to accomplish anything in life? When we create a plan to approach the reading of God's Word, we recognize and honor the importance of what we are actually approaching. And sixth and finally, journaling. You know, perhaps the most practical thing I have implemented in my daily readings is journaling. Journaling has allowed me to freely express my thoughts on the readings at hand. It's not a new concept, but only until recently has it seemed more prevalent and popular use by Christians in supplementing their Bible readings. Even the publication company Crossway released a Bible with extra space right next to the text for easy journaling. By journaling, my thoughts can be put on paper, or in my case, on Evernote. I can write down my discoveries while reading, the parallels I find between testaments. I can write down prayers that are prompted by the conviction of the scriptures. By journaling, I am able to look back at past week's entries and remind myself where God was working in my heart during that time and see where God has brought me over that time. Journaling, when done honestly, can reveal the weaknesses of our hearts, the things that we struggle with, the longing we have for the sanctification of our bodies, and the faithfulness of God to do just that. For me personally, with my study of Isaiah that will have taken over two months when completed, 
I'll be able to see where I was at the beginning and where I am at the end. Journaling has been a monument and a testimony to God's abounding grace in my life these past few months. If the idea of journaling is foreign or uncomfortable to you, I encourage you to give it a try. Your Bible readings will become more rewarding and you will more clearly see the face of God. So these are just some of the revelations that I have come to understand that have helped me approach the reading of God's Word. I hope that this has been official to you in some way, and I hope that you will experience the Scriptures with a renewed light.